That was uh, Judith Teitelman, uh, the book again, uh, Guest House for Ganesha. Uh, re really a, a fascinating woman. Uh, a great idea, a great story. Uh, I have, I, I've, I've skimmed through the book, I, and I actually want to sit down and read it. And like I said to her, I think it could make a great movie. Uh, but it's also a great book, and uh, a lot of thought went into it. And, and I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of people like her that, uh, you know, uh, get raised uh, not traditionally by their religious tradition, but certainly they were affected by it. And then I believe later in life uh, they start to try to give that 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 tradition and their ancestors uh, try try to make meaning of the whole thing. So uh, and I think that was a big part of her writing the book, and and it's it's a very interesting story. Yeah. Now I don't know if if it led her to any uh, practicing form of Judaism. I got the impression it didn't, but it, right. cer it certainly affected her. Uh, uh, experience of an understanding of her uh, ancestry right. and, well, and, so and an important person in her life. Have read, uh, you know, have studied, say, Hinduism or practiced meditation or yoga, and whether they're Christian, Jewish, whatever their background, and, and even people I knew that were Catholic, and they look back and said, oh, they have some deeper understanding of what they were taught in, in religious class as a child, but don't necessarily go back to it and feel, oh, yes, I'm going to go back to that now. Right. Uh, just the opposite. But at least they feel uh, they have some understanding of what the uh, original teaching was or uh, what value it may have, or in some cases, uh, maybe what values it, it, it didn't have. And I think for her, it was a combination of things. Maybe so. Yeah, we didn't ask her if it affected uh, her understanding of or interest in uh, the the Jewish heritage because she was, you know, she she was raised uh, in that kind of humanistic, anti-religious <laughs> upbringing, the same kind of way I was, um, and uh, so my interest in in Judaism is. Uh, just more of a curiosity, at, although I, I have, do now respect it more than I did when I was a young, radical, anti-religious uh, rebel. Um, and I can understand the, um, the affection and, and the connection and the uh, beauty of a traditional or organized religion, even though it's not part of, of my path. I, I don't know if it affected Judith in that way, but it's fascinating to me because most people who uh, get interested in the teachings that came from India, you know, as I write about in, in American Veda and, and my biography of Yogananda and all that, it, it's, it's a very practical kind of uh, attraction. Oh, if I do these practices, I, I'll have a better life. And if there's anything metaphysical, it's in, in connection with uh, personal experience of, of the divine. Um, not everybody gets drawn to the uh, deities and the icons like Ganesha and Lakshmi and all, all of those. Uh, but Judith, that's, that was the entry point for well, her. Well, it was also interesting, Phil, that uh, it, she says she feels like Ganesha is guiding this whole thing. So there's some yeah. level of belief. Yeah. 
and I, I don't think it was just purely superstition or anything, or uh, she was just saying it in a metaphorical way, but that she literally meant that uh, she was uh, getting guidance and everything shows up at the right time. And, yep. and so yep. there was uh, some belief involved, and that belief was based upon experience she was having. Right. Some greater intelligence, uh, if not guiding, but uh, certainly affecting her life in, in, in a good way. Yes. And embodied in that uh, guess. And she also mentioned, when you mentioned Lakshmi, she said, yeah, Lakshmi's looking at me right now. <laughs> so obviously she has <laughs> the uh, statues of the deities right. uh, or, around her. Or pictures. Uh, it could be a picture. Uh, what's that? It could be a picture. A picture, yeah. A depiction. But, but some, yeah. some representation. So right. uh, I, I thought that was interesting. I know, and, I know. And and they usually uh, paired up, you know, Ganesha and Lakshmi. You'll you'll see them invoked in uh, chanting and the pujas very often uh, in a tandem, like you know, invoking Ganesha to remove obstacles and then invoking Lakshmi to manifest. Uh, abundance and all that yeah. she stands for. A, a, a one-two one, one, punch, as they used to say. Yes. You know, it, it, uh, it was also interesting that um, she she discussed her aunt and yeah. was very honest about it. Was it her aunt or her grandmother? Her grandmother. That the grandmother was, uh, based on... Contagorous uh, and unhappy at all. Yeah. And, and uh, the lesson there for me is, you know, if somebody's miserable and being miserable to you at all, they're probably in some type of pain. That's right. And, and that, that pain could be very deep, and who knows what's from. So as difficult as it is to tolerate that sort of thing, uh, we should all uh, take pause and, and realize who knows what people have gone through, yep. what they're going through, and, and be as forgiving as possible. Although when you're in the midst of it, especially with a family, <laughs> it's a lot easier said than done. And it especially if, if you're living with them or, you know, you see them on a regular basis <laughs> and, and they're, they're disrupting your life. And so that, then it's difficult. But all that being said, you know, God knows what people have uh, been through or what they're going through or what types of battles they're fighting within right. their own lives. You know, but I think that's a fairly movement. common experience. And Judith is lucky that she was able to process right. it in because I can tell you that writing uh, fiction uh, that's based at all in some kind of personal reality uh, or the reality of people close to you uh, is very uh, healing and very transformative, also very challenging. I mean, the, my one published novel is, is you know, based on uh, my own childhood and my own family. It's not a painful story, but the sequel is. And, you know, it's... Um, I've delayed writing it because I know it's, you know, there's probably part of me that just doesn't want to deal with it, you know, the pain of it all, of the memories, but um, it's, it can be very healing and, and it, but also very revealing. Uh, I know a lot of people who have written memoirs or autobiographical, autobiographical novels who started with a, a sense of bitterness toward uh, certain people and in exploring them and making their characters more of a reality, they come to feel a lot more compassion for them. And in Judith's case, the compassion obviously came before she started writing when she found out, you know, the, 
what uh, her grandmother had to endure that made her uh, the difficult person she was. And, and that's, uh, you know, she's probably in, in some level writing about it in the way she did was kind of like a, a healing or a gift to yeah, the grandma. It, it would be interesting to study and, and, and interview authors. And sometimes the author might not even be aware of it. Uh, no, and, that's but right. How, how, how much of, of writing, of fiction writing, is really a th therapeutic that yeah. people are, are uh, using other characters to speak through, to express, if not the entirety of their life, aspects of their life. And, and would, I would imagine, uh, and probably somebody's probably written a book about this or done a study on it already, but uh, mm -hmm. that, that, that would be the case. Uh, well, Phil. Yes. Another uh, uh, great find, another great uh, uh, yeah. uh, interview, I think. Of, uh, fascinating stuff and uh, uh, spiritmatterstalk.com we got I mean we have, must have over 200 interviews now thereabouts I should place. we should do a count one of these days yeah but uh, I, everybody I, listening we I, should encourage them to go to the archive we have some you know tremendous uh, resources there I, I actually today when I was walking I uh, I was listening to an interview we did a couple of years ago with Dr. Brilliant, I forget his first Larry, name. Larry. Larry Brilliant. And it, it was he was amazing. Yeah. What an interesting that please, if you have a chance, those listening in, listen to this guy. Uh, our interview with him uh, was was uh, really uh, uh, wonderful. And, yeah. and I say that not because we did the interview. Uh, it was the, the you know, we, we've had some amazing people. So yep. uh, please stay tuned. And then Phil and I are constantly trying to figure out how we can uh, stay on the air because this has been purely uh, a non-profit venture to this point. <laughs> it's, uh, a, it's an anti-profit venture. Uh, uh, <laughs> spiritual. Therapeutic. But I may need therapy to recover from, you know. Uh, no, it's, uh, uh, I, I think for me, it, it's been a, a spiritually insightful and even a, a therapeutic, uh, you yep. know, a practice uh, uh, for developing spirit, you know, oh, uh, yeah. on into my life. That's why we do it, Dennis. Till, well, till next time, Phil. Okay. Signing know, off. It is, uh, it is uh, what is today? December 12th, 2019. And uh, just very recently, it was Phil's birthday. Your birthday is what? The 5th. The 5th. So it's a week ago. A week ago today. So uh, uh, let's all celebrate. <laughs> okay. No nice. matter when you're listening to this. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, for Bye. now. Bye.